how are you doing? I'm doing this pretty has well. Been, this has been one hell of a week for everybody. Yeah. But for you too, because you're part of everyone. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, this is my first Bible Buds in, uh, you know, since the end of September of, you know, burning one down here October, with you. So October, I'm, I'm, yeah. we, um, I'm stoked to, uh, you know, to share, well, not share a joint. We're having our own individual ones because we're still practicing. Right. But we're back on social distancing. We're back on the, but the weed. The buds are back, bud. Buds <laughs> are back with the buds in which, a big way, um, which is going to make for, I think I, with how boring this fucking book has been, the book of Acts, we need it. We need a little bit of uh, a little bit of juice to make it interesting. I think Axe is. Um, it's like one of the, with the season finale. Look, I was disappointed. It's like one of those shows where I was hyped. I think for the first few episodes. Mm-hmm. You were. You were. Super and I was hyped like, "Whoa! It. I really like what we're getting into here. I think this is going to be very cool." And now I'm just happy it's over. And, um, just, yeah, the, the end of this whole story is, um, very, very boring for the most part. And, um, and also I just feel like we've been talking about the same thing over and over for the past three parts of this, uh, this act series. Like we're pretty much just talking about, you know, Paul being in jail or on trial or whatever. And then him speaking to uh you know his innocence and that he's done nothing wrong and it's, and it's a lot more of that and we'll get back into that shortly but you know i think i had no expectations for the election for us to know any results here and we're recording this on thursday it's november 5th now so i had no which no is smart expectation of you. that we would have most of the experts said like it's going to take a while. I mean, I thought it would maybe take a week this time. And I know we're not, we're probably not going to see a week. It seems like we're pretty close. Yeah, things are looking, but things are looking decent, but it looks like it's going to be many weeks before someone concedes. If, right. If Trump loses, he's, he's, no, he's not going definitely down without not a fight. Conceding that, that is not. That is not a thing. No. This it, motherfucker is he's already declaring he's on he's one. declared victory. You he's know? on one. I, saw I just the, love that he's like, he was like, mail-in ballots, fuck them. And then, I don't, I don't even know, man. Like, he just, he's all over the place. He's flip-flopping all over the place. And he is having an actual mental health crisis on Twitter. He's tweeting like 300 things dude, an hour. It's insane. Two times in one hour. Today he was flagged for po- for posting on Twitter things that were not factual and was just you know they booted those tweets from him. And you can say what you want about Twitter and you know the platform and sure. how they you know are flagging things or but they've or been pretty them loose the with platform. the president. So if they're booting his his tweets, that means that they're pretty much. They're bunk. I just think it's wild that you're the president of the United States. You're supposed to be this person that is so uh, well respected and presidential. (laughs) And uh, you have two tweets in the last, you know, 
24 hours within the same hour that it's just like, no, you can't put this out. You can't put this information out because right. you're you tampering can't say that with an election or polling system it. is a fraud. That's the thing. You also like, have to spell poll, like spell things correctly if you're the president. I mean, oh, I know spelling the first poll time correctly. I saw like a poll I saw that screenshots of of his first tweet of that before it was edited, and he had he had put P O L E. Oh no! And that was super good. We don't I want mean, that. No, I we mean I really, fuck up. We you know? want, but I've, we want a president who will stop the tweeting. I just don't understand that there's not someone overseeing typing that? the tweets for him right yeah like transcribing it like he says what he wants to say and then there's an aide who's like okay uh-huh uh-huh and then being like mr president uh we cannot claim that that is fraudulent because it's factually incorrect like we just can't tweet that because it's not true it's not real yeah i, I don't it's know it's wild that he just has unfettered access to but thank god i mean it's at this point it's leaning Joe's way like pretty heavy. It's looking good. Yeah. Um, it's cool to see the turn the voter turnout for this. Yeah. But, historic. Uh historic. He's he's received the most amount of votes of any president ever, which obviously the population continues to grow, so there's that factor. But then thinking about it's just like who is bringing out the voters? Is Trump is kind of the person bringing out the voters right. on one we side were, or we the were other, hoping right? We, yeah, for sure. Like he's either bringing you out because you're so against him, or he's bringing you out because you're so for him. You're so for him. It's not like I don't even know that that Sleepy Joe even has much to do with the voter turnout himself. No, I don't think so. No, it's a very much a Trump thing, and I think the most, you know. With the, like, initial polls, this seemed unlikely, but I was still holding out for essentially a landslide. Oh, man. Just because I wanted us to send, as a country, to send a clear message that, like, this was a four-year mistake, we have fucked up royally, and we aren't going to stand for this, but the reality is... There's a massive portion of this country that is like, like what Trump has bred and what he has created over the last four years and like the fire that he has stoked in. Yeah, I mean, in especially like the flyover states and shit, it's it's pretty scary because Biden is still going to if he wins, he's going to inherit that and. Uh, our country is, yeah, it's just kind of a fucking disaster. If, if there wasn't a pandemic going on, I might actually be looking into like, how do I move to Canada? I mean, you almost, um, I don't know if this is, if this is a wild statement, but it's just like, is it even going to be, is it going to be better or worse if this dude just had another four years and, and then kind of had to leave the white house rather than even being part of, you know, this second term of election, mm-hmm. like the mayhem that is going to incur most likely because of this around the country. Right. There are already these motherfuckers outside of polling facilities, chanting, stop the vote, which like, do it you understand voter sense. rights? Doesn't make any Dude, sense. that tweet today 
um i don't know who it was it was the one that, that no, it's I, the best it's I one of the best of you it's one of the best of the election um, cycle just amazing it it's uh somebody comparing well, yeah the, it was basically uh, like right. let me let me put this in in terms republicans can understand once the vote has been inserted inside the ballot <laughs> Uh, it like it is God's still, will. It's, sti- it's God's will that it counts. Yeah, a voter's life begins when it is put in the envelope. It's against God's will to kill it before it can be counted. <laughs> so amazing. Um, yeah, yeah d- nailed it. And that's the thing is like Trump is for mail-in balloting if he thinks it's gonna help him, but the right. moment that it doesn't help him, he's like, no, it's a fraud, and it's just like. That is so dangerous to democracy that our leader that in and of itself should be like, okay, you're you're out. You've disqualified yourself from the fucking race because you are like saying all of this crazy shit. Um, But that's not what's happening. And instead, like all of these fucking MAGA crazy people are like storming polling facilities being like stop counting votes um as if that would help i mean joe biden is up by like three and a half million on the popular vote and leading the electoral college like you don't want them to stop the vote i mean i guess if they technically stopped the vote right now no even then he still wins nevada and it's over so i just don't really get yeah the aim these people are so i I had this this conversation with my sister-in-law about, like, how difficult it is to find compassion for Trump or for, like, the Trump supporters that would go storm a polling facility and be like, stop the vote, stop the vote. It's really fucking hard. And I think what we agreed upon was essentially, like, we can still, like, love their personhood and their, like god-given soul while also being like you are a fucking dipshit and in trump's case like you should probably spend the rest of your life in jail like i can still i can still love them and still be like angry i think once we like spill into hatred that's probably more uh harming me than it is anyone else but anger I think is acceptable. I think Absolutely. anger is is okay, and I think you can look at those people and be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And I think it's also not outside of the realm of loving them to be like, "They're really fucking dumb. They're just straight up really dumb or misled yeah. or whatever the fuck it is." But to to be a person that is outside a polling facility right now in Arizona or Nevada saying stop counting votes and like with another within that group of people there are people with guns and like you're threatening democracy like to be that person you are so either indoctrinated into Trump's crazy shit or a fucking moron or a little or some combination of the two yeah I mean I think it's the effects some of it's the effects of the internet age as well you know there's right you know especially with the conspiracy theory things because fuck i love conspiracy theories dude right but but i love i love them for entertainment yeah and there's a group of people out there that think that trump is going to save all of our children from some 
crazy democratic child trafficking sex cabal like there's a group of people out there that think the the world is flat like these are real things so i think the world's not (laughs) flat it was funny i was uh feels flat I heard Bill Burr talking about something really funny today and he was he was speaking about the internet and saying that um there really at this point should be like a fiction and a nonfiction um sections of the internet because oh, people just believe everything. And and you know, myself included sometimes, you know, you read one of those headlines and you're just like, Did you hear what happened today? It's like, did you read the story at all? Did you check Mm-hmm. into it at all or did you kind of just read this headline and decided that this was the right side of the argument right yeah it's tricky and I there have been a lot of great memes floating around about sort of our personal interactions with media and social media and how <clears throat> and I and speaking for myself and I think a lot of people like these memes I've seen it, it's, it's it's a similar thing but you know, you tell yourself like, okay, Nevada's fucking playing circle jerk over there. They're going to take all week. So is Pennsylvania. They've Pennsylvania's already said like, we won't know until Friday. At least uh, I should take, I should take a break. I should take a break from the social media, from, from media in general. I should stop. But like, it's so hard. Then you just find yourself frantically and I mean, I will I will wake up in the middle of the night at like three o'clock in the morning, and then I'll my first thought is like, "Is there any update?" Yeah, I th- I guess there's just so much at stake that maybe that's part of it, but um, it it does speak to a deeper issue of like, I don't know, there's an addiction to media and social media that Absolutely. is like that almost every person. Uh, that I know like fights with to some degree for sure. But there's nobody who's just like, no, I have a completely healthy relationship with Instagram. No, you don't. No, no, no you I'm, do not. I mean, yeah, not that I know some people, that's think not to that, call out uh, my friends, but like, I think we all can reconcile with the fact that like Instagram and Facebook or whatever your, your poison is like, there's something unhealthy in that relationship. Oh, for sure, man. I mean, yeah. That's how it was built. Instagram is my juice. That's my poison. For you know? sure. And, Same. and I definitely have, uh, it's, it's part, it's built into me now that, you know, I just pick it up and, and all of a sudden I'm scrolling feeds yep. and it just kind of, it just kind of happens. But I don't know this, this time around, I just knew shit was not going to happen right away. We weren't going to know things. So even even the night of the election, I waited till at least like 10 p.m. to even check what was happening. Wow. Yeah. I started at four. Ruby and I just made it a point like, hey, let's just watch some TV. Let's watch some bullshit. Let's fucking make dinner. And this is just going to be a shit show for a while. So And it was. And, and yeah. it really was. And like I also went to bed super angry and upset on Tuesday because it it wasn't looking good. And I I feel like the narrative that had been told to me was like potentially that Biden was going to have a huge lead up front and then Trump was going to start chipping away at it. 
And so be prepared for that. And then it was the opposite where like Trump had this huge lead. And then it turns out we were waiting on all the mail-in ballots to be counted. Um, but yeah, I went to bed super upset on Tuesday and then I woke up on Wednesday and I was like, Oh, like it's, it looks like it's gonna, it looks like it's gonna happen. Looks like For it's sure. Be a good thing. Yeah, it's wild, man. It's, it is uh, wild. I'm not surprised that it's so split. Still, I think anybody that's, that's so sad. It's if, so sad. If anybody's completely like blown away that there are this many people, but you got to remember that eight years ago, Obama beat Mitt Romney in a fucking landslide. Yeah. So like that's the it's the same country. You know, but yeah, it's a different country now. Like, you know, that a lot is, uh, a lot has happened in those eight years for sure. You know, people are, you know, Trump has seemed like, it seems that he has brought out a certain type of person to want to have their voices heard. Yeah. And this fuck your feelings kind of mentality and, um, you know, and I think maybe maybe the people that are uh, not so outspoken about being Trump supporters, maybe those are the people that uh, are surprising us right now. Maybe not even surprising, but I think I think that, you know, some people aren't necessarily like, oh, I love that he's, he doesn't denounce white supremacy, you know, and right. I don't think everybody no, fucks with him be- because of that. No, it's complicated. Um. I think that there's some people out there who are either just like really selfishly living their lives and whatever is going to benefit them the most is what they're going to focus on because they just don't, don't give a fuck and Mm -hmm. don't, uh, you know, they're not living a life or they're just being fed a narrative or they're being fed a narrative. They feel like while Trump is like a, very problematic human being he's still like a better choice than biden yeah i'm i mean then you've got people that are simply voting however it's going to support their businesses Mm -hmm. um and maybe they're voting for trump because of that because they feel like they're gonna they're gonna gonna benefit in that way i just think if you thought like some of the people that thought this might be a landslide because Trump has acted like a fucking moron a majority of the time of being mm-hmm. the president that that may be, you know, explore outside of your bubble a little bit on either side. Sure. You know, like yeah, if you're, if you're, to remember. if your friends all look like you, I don't know, maybe like try to hang out with some different people from, sure. from some different, uh, and you, I think, you know, backgrounds and cultures and whatnot too. Like, and yeah, on the flip side, you know, maybe, maybe try to hang out with one of these, uh, these, I don't even, I don't, yeah. Well, we just one don't get ex- flyover state We don't people get exposed to it here in who, Portland. I think we are like the epitome of like one of the densest political bubbles because not only is the city not super diverse it's just it's basically like super white and super liberal right so we don't have and that's how you end up like we don't have all of that perspective like what you're talking about we don't have access to it 
but also that's how you end up with like and, and I'm not trying to call people out but like uh, you know I have some friends who were sort of just like let's not forget that like you know Joe Biden said this and Kamala's a fucking cop and like yeah. and it's like hey if you re- and like also people just being like let's not forget too that like no matter who is president like the nothing changes doesn't give a fuck about and like you. <laughs> the corporations are still gonna whatever and I'm like okay there's validity to all of that but let's also not forget that one symbolically for marginalized groups in this country symbolically a Joe Biden presidency means so fucking much so let's just hold that as a truth because that definitely is also if you think Trump is a fascist like look at his fucking administration Steve Bannon and like Stephen Miller like these are really dangerous people that are making very serious policy decisions or influencing them and like the Biden administration is going to be like Warren and like all of these other like maybe even Sanders is going to get thrown into the mix like there's going to be people who are not dangerous fucking white supremacist fascists right that is Trump's administration and I think that like to think that it just doesn't really matter and it's not going to affect things is like no this one in particular like I I agree like Maybe in 2012, Obama versus Romney, like, it probably wouldn't have made a difference at all. Like, maybe not. And for a lot of years prior, like, there's a lot of centrist presidents where, like, if it was Democrat or Republican, it's going to be sort of the same shit. But this one really fucking matters. It feels that way, at least. You know? There's, like, a different weight to this one, I think. For sure. At least for... I don't know. Me. What are we? It's like 20, 20 years, I guess. Eh, maybe not 20, like 15. So maybe like four voting cycles, four to five. Yeah. I mean, the Obama, the first Obama one was, that was fucking massive. Yeah, monumental, obviously. for sure. And like, I, I don't know that I got, I've ever had more joy, like f- from watching a presidential election than than that one that's for sure mm-hmm. this one feels like it has a different weight for a lot of different it just feels reasons. like there's so much on the line and you yeah it's it's uh and we're just can we're gonna continue to see how polarized this place is and the, i think that's the big takeaway is that uh you know by the time hopefully by the time this gets released it's been decided yeah, hopefully. Um, and hopefully it's fucking Biden. But Wait, you 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 voted for Biden? I actually wrote in <laughs> Teresa Rayford for president, but that's I'm a Portland kidding. joke. That's an inside. It's, a, it's Teresa. Uh okay. Hey, on I did write her in for mayor though. I will um, say. Yeah, so I don't know. Everything's a mess. It's still a mess. It's going to be fucked either way. Um, yeah. it's disappointing to see how many people just are like, still on the who, train. Who would endorse this dude? Even, yeah. Is Biden a great candidate? No, I think, I think he's not. Um, but like, how do you endorse 
this dude who has mishandled so much and mm-hmm. and it's yeah it just doesn't like really represent forward progress for the for the country for sure and like but i think this is a time where we need compassion for sure and this well, is not a compassion there's no room in the e- like in the ego sphere of trump for compassion no, that he is has what, no compassion that is what he's shown and he's like oh man paying these rappers and shit to show but up at his in, rallies in the realm of compassion i think one of the most compelling arguments i've seen for why trump has the hold that he does on america and i think this is really important for people especially on the left to hear and understand uh obviously myself included is that we like the most extreme version of the left is basically like telling huge swaths of america to like bend the knee to these ideals and like your time is done and like you which you know some of it like i i understand and i agree with but like there is the most extreme version of the left is what is driving the most extreme version of the right and i think that the left has sort of failed to really come to grips with the fact that like their inability to be a little more centrist or a little bit more like i don't know just forgiving in general is fueling the fire and so it's important to remember that like these people don't have the same narrative as you they don't have the same information as you like in terms of like whether you're a trump supporter or you're a biden supporter or whatever you are or you're just anti-trump like people who are for trump they they literally are being fed a narrative that to them it would make no logical sense for them to go against it. Right. The narrative that is being fed to them is that like Trump is the only hope for this country. And or I think we're, it's, or we're going to lose America and we're going to become right. communist China. Right. And so they're being fed that narrative while also being feeling like what they're receiving from the left is extreme judgment of like, you're a fucking racist and you're, homophobic and like you're all of these things which in some cases like definitely true but in probably the vast majority of cases not really true like definitely work to be done but not like an overtly like hateful person a lot of these people like so it's it's complicated it's complicated and i think it's just important to remember that like yeah, what the other side is receiving is not the same thing that you're receiving information-wise. For sure. It's something very, very different. And until you start to understand that and the way that they are looking at the left side, you're never going to really be able to have compassion for them. Because if if you think that they have the same information that you do, then yeah, I, I get why you would have no compassion for them because like what we've been talking about for the last like 20 minutes, like how could you have compassion for, and and there are people like that on that side, but the majority of them are probably decent people who just have like, based on the circumstances of fucking geography and family and shit alone, they just are being fed different information and 
Like they really believe that they're in the right. They don't obviously don't think that they're the fucking villain, but they're also not necessarily like racist, homophobic, xenophobic nightmares. Uh, again, it's not to say that there aren't like elements of that that we can work on, but they're not like, that's not the core of who they are. So not all of them, but that's how they feel. That's part of the backlash is that's how they feel that they're being betrayed. Yeah. Again, like obviously there's a, there's a portion of Trump supporters that are actually like white supremacists. Like we, that's not even up for debate, but almost 70 million people voted for Trump in this country. And I don't believe that 70 million Americans are white supremacists. I think that there's some like subconscious shit that we need to, to work with for sure. Yeah. There's, there's some, some reprogramming racism and there's yeah, yeah. like, but yeah. like they're not overtly like I would net, I would never help a black person in need or like I'm going to, I would want to kill a gay person or like, but well, I think, yeah, I, I it's, it's part of that, that geographic thing. I mean, even here in Oregon, you know, or just anybody that maybe lives a little far out in the sticks. Like those people don't have the same social interactions as somebody that's walking through the city every day, you right, know? Right. So a lot of stuff might not make sense to them. They're not encountering as many different kinds of people on a regular basis. And then you're maybe not even being selfish. You just have no understanding of these other communities. So you don't really have any reason to like focus on their needs because you're not even, yeah, that's, that's not a part of your world. For that's sure. Not, that's not happening for you. For sure. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, it is, it is happening for us. Like even though Portland is, is not a super diverse city, um, there's, it's still a city. There's enough diversity that like I interact with people who are not like me regularly. Yeah. To some degree. Also, you got to remember that it's not just white people that are voting for Trump. There's plenty of minorities, right? You know, maybe not the majority of them, but there's, you know, you, you look at his rallies and people waiting in line to vote for him and, and promoting his politics, you see quite a few, you know, people that, that aren't white within the mix, you know, and, th- and I think that can be very confusing for sure at, at points well, too. So not to, we've never done this before, but I just want to jump to the very last part of, of acts, which is, are you going to Tarantino this episode of the, of the, yeah, uh, I'm gonna the Tarantino podcast? It. Uh, it says, go to the people and say, this is a quote from, from Isaiah. Um, go to this people and say, you will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Um, and I think that, like, that to me really cuts to sort of the core of it, which is just like, it's not that these, it's not that these people are like inherently bad people that need to be like fucking, 
I don't know, euthanized or some crazy shit. I don't think anyone's going for that. But I think that there's a lot of hatred that's harbored towards these people that are Trump supporters, like from the left and, and on the other way too. But I think specifically like people who are really lost in the Trump thing. I think that that little statement that I think, I guess comes from, comes from God to Isaiah um, and is thousands of years old, like holds very true. It's like, they're just not actually seeing you have to understand that like they have eyes to see, but they can't perceive. Right. They have ears to hear, but they can't actually hear what the fuck is going on. And so that's where the compassion piece comes in is it's like they're fucking lost. They need something to help them correct course. And that's not to say that they would then necessarily become like a you know, fucking Democrat or change their mind on abortion or whatever, but they might become someone like our last guest, Sam, who like, yeah, he's anti-abortion, but he's also like very compassionate and measured. And he's like accepted that it's like, well, like, yeah, I mean, it's still going to be legal probably, but like, we should just look at it in the right terms. We should, he's not, he's not anti it from the standpoint of like not giving a woman the the choice over her body you know no. right he's like i think we should do everything we can to try to minimize this but at the end of the day like if someone wants to have an early abortion like they're gonna they can have they can do that right that's what the government says like we live in a secular nation this is not a christian nation and i think but and also sam is not a trump supporter no like we're talking not. about a man who you know of yeah, Catholic faith that Catholic. is you know, trying to convey the reasons to to vote for Biden and why that is you know more in line with the cores of Catholicism. Um, I don't know, man. Like the flip side of you know, I t- I understand you know the the backlash that has come from the right side of things, you know, mm-hmm. as well as vice versa. But I don't know how you, uh, like, can you imagine being a person of color at right now, being a person of color, um, you know, especially a black person in America right now, Cops yeah, are continuing to kill this is how the black country people, showed up okay? for you. Cops continue to kill black people from the since the uh the George Floyd thing, you know. It is gone it, it's happening again where yeah, there's it nothing just happened in Philly to be learned. It happened in Philly, it happened in, in, right here in Vancouver, Washington to to a young dude just just like a week or two ago. 21-year-old yeah. dude, father of right. a, of a real, you know, of a toddler in did I say toddler? Toddler. 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 Toddler the sounds like back, a synonym for like some like a Chester molester. He's <laughs> he's a toddler. Oh, you mean one of these Democrats? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> one exactly. of these Democratic these politicians. Elite Democrats. Um hashtag save our children. Point is is that like, yeah, I understand that you know, these people that 
that do want people to just bow to this change too. I don't, I don't think it's like realistic for it to happen. Um, but I do understand the people that are just like, yo, cut the shit enough's enough. Fuck all this. And then you have to, you know, deal with this person that's supposed to be leading the country and have everybody's best interest at hand and not watching them denounce white supremacy and you know shit like that and just continuing to to put down their communities and and not lift, oh, I thought lift he did. it up in any any I thought, way i thought stand back and stand by was <laughs> was like a a very strong position you know yeah but then, uh, yeah, to have obviously to, kidding. to have to watch so many people show up in support of that is it's brutal, man. It's it's mind blowing. But also, like you said, this is ev- everybody's getting their own information at this point. You know, this is the purpose of the media from the get go. The propaganda yep. train. That was the reason we had television from the get-go and now it's just a little different because people so kind of get to choose now. and and this is also i think proven that the algorithms are working we're all seeing the shit we want to see to fire us up as well yep and and to just continue to confirm those those feelings that we have and uh it's fucking scary man i hope that i hope this isn't the the rest of our shit like this isn't how america or even the world to some degree is forever now. Like it's always going to be this polarizing. Like how do we get the pendulum to fucking not no, swing it, so far? It won't deep? be. I think we're, we're in a, we're in a particularly challenging spot right now in history, especially with climate change and all these things that like need to be addressed from a policy standpoint. But, um, History has proven that, like, yeah, things are going to equalize sometime in our lifetime, even. It just might not be that fast. I mean, things are really scary, polarized right now, and that's a fucking bummer. Um, but, yeah, I think of, you know, I think eventually, like, my my friend Sam said it best on, a, on election night. He was like, Prog- regardless of politics, like progress can't be stopped. Progress is like woven into reality at this point. It's it's a fucking freight train moving, and you can try to put whatever you want in front of that, but it's happening. It's yeah. fucking happening, and I think that that's like, you know, I think it's it's hopeful, um, and it's not necessarily like true with a capital T. But I think it's a beautiful notion to really think that, like, regardless of what your political beliefs are, like, the human race is, like, we're we're going to progress. We're going to, like, figure this shit out because we have to. Because we have to survive. We have to figure out how to live with each other. Yeah. Hopefully we're going to get better. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a trip. The flip side, the positivity... I don't know if it's if if my microphone's bugging out at all. Sounds okay to me. Okay. Cool. No, now it doesn't. You touched it, now it sounds bad. Check. That's okay, nice. Now it sounds good. All right. Sorry everybody. I still think it's getting a little buzzy. Yeah, now it sounds bad again. What's going on? I don't know, man. I don't know what's happening, but 
Hold on. Let me give it a... The old one-two plug-in, plug-out. Check. Hey. Wow, that sounds much better again. I don't know what's happening, but... Um, some positivity I found. Man, Oregon. First state to decriminalize all drugs in the yeah. United States. Also, it's a big move. I don't want to uh, say that these are absolute facts, but from what I read also, um, depending on how much you have on you and like, as long as it's not like with the intent to sell, your options are a hundred dollar fine, or you can get like a complete comprehensive health check. Like you choose between the two. So you either go get your shit checked and hopefully maybe get some actual help for right, your if you addiction. are like an addict or something. Yeah. yeah. Or you can pay this hundred dollar fine. That's pretty cool. I think that's great, man. And they and mushrooms. Yeah, obviously the psychedelic mushrooms. Legalized. I mean we've been talking about it this whole time. Let's go. And you know what? I think, you know, so much of my fear around talking about psychedelic mushrooms and like the value that they have given to my life and the way that they have like changed me so deeply it's still super stigmatized like so it's a scary thing to talk about and i think this is like such a cool step towards the same way that 20 years ago like people talking about smoking weed like was super not okay to fast forward like 16 years in 2016 i remember like one of my bosses at my company like handing me a weed pen after like a company event that we had been like you know drinking and whatever and like we were standing outside and he just was like you want some of this and i was like what what is happening right now like in a professional in a semi-professional setting like it's normalized enough it, it was such a big swing and it's such a big swing now to the point where like I mean, it's, you know, we're inches away from it just being, like, legalized nationally, marijuana, and just being accepted as, like, a fine thing. (coughs) And I see the same thing for mushrooms. I think we're, like, right at the beginning of it, and it's probably, you know, 15 to 25 years away, but mushrooms are a powerful, powerful medicine. It's, I don't view it as a drug. I don't view it as a drug that you take to, like, I mean... Look, do whatever you want to do. If you want to take mushrooms recreationally and just like party with your friends or have a good laugh over a bag of Skittles, like you can do that. But I do think that it's like ultimately there's something about psilocybin that is like it is the most potent, powerful medicine. It's a soul medicine. And like I think marijuana is a soul medicine to a degree as well. It is right now but for psilocybin me. Psilocybin is is the most intense dose of that. And it can change lives. It can heal addictions. It can do all kinds of crazy shit. And like now that it's legal, we're going to really find out like for real, what can it do? Because it's going to be it's going to be focused on people who need it for something. Right. It was legalized for treatment purposes. It's not recreational. Right. But and I and I will say again, like I I view it as a medicine. So I don't I use it for treatment on myself, but I don't use it recreationally uh unless i'm I'm doing like super small doses um which even that is rare like i just have a lot of respect for for the medicine you 
you know the power of it <laughs> so you know what i know what it can do you know what it will do to you to some degree so you know that you're going to be respectful when using it because yeah. you want to like maybe not necessarily have a good trip but like you want to experience something for from sure it. but i do think that there's going to be something really powerful in saying that like okay after you know two four years of this like we know that psilocybin is like massively affecting and we already know from some studies that have been done that like psilocybin completely changes someone's relationship with death if they are if they have terminal cancer like those are some of the earliest trials that have been done with psilocybin i mean yeah it's and that is like i feel like on f at face value you sort of look at that and you're like okay what, but like, that's really deep and meaningful that someone basically shed their fear of death after a single experience with this medicine. Like, all of a sudden they're like, nope, I'm, I mean, there's, and they, they can hold all of these truths now. They're like, I don't want to die, but I've accepted that I'm going to die. Right. And I'm okay with it. And I'm not afraid anymore. Fuck. I'm not afraid. I'm still and I think that I'm that's afraid, like Andrew. really fucking wild. I'm not there yet. I'm still afraid. Well, you're just a couple <laughs> heroes doses away. Are you maybe unafraid one. of death? I'm not afraid of death anymore. I think that happened sometime in college um, through, you know, yeah, experimenting with with mushrooms and also acid. But I think pretty early on with ex experimenting with them, I was like, I I realized one day that I was like, I, again, it's not that I want to die. It's not that I'm yeah. like, okay with dying. I understand the aftermath of like, for the people that are left behind that, that love me, you know, that's the kind of type of shit that wants, that keeps me living every day, that, that makes living worth living. And, yeah. and so I, it's not that I under don't understand the weight of it i do but i also am just like i'm not scared of the other side regardless of whether or not there even is another side like i'm just not it's it's been at this point it's been encoded in me um it's not even something that i have to like think about or intellectualize like just my my being alone like when i think about death when I think about, um, you know, if I'm on an airplane and like all of a sudden we have like crazy turbulence and like you get that thought of like, oh, fuck, is this going to go? Is this a bad one? Are we going down? Yeah. I feel like the amount of dread that I would feel when I was younger in that situation of like thinking about like, is this, am I going to die right now? Um. It's just different. I feel like previously it was dread and now it's like, again, it's still like there's some pent up fear the same way that you would have if you, or anxiety the same way that you would have if you were about to like go skydiving or or hang gliding or do some extreme sport where you're like, there's some risk in this. But if I, I really feel at this point that if I was on my deathbed Yes, I would be sad for all the things I'm leaving behind and for all the people that I love that I may never see again. But 
there's not that like deep dread of like oh no I haven't like dealt with this like I haven't dealt with the fact that life is finite and I think that like yeah people know intellectually that life is finite but I think like psychedelics help you integrate that into who you are in understanding the impermanence of things and then when your moment comes you're just like the moment comes for everyone and everything no one can escape it it's a it's the deepest truth the that storm it's is a coming the storm is coming and so like yeah i just like if anything i would wager and again who's to know cuz like i'm not terminally ill or something but if i was terminally ill i would wager that more than anything i would be like I would be holding so many things, you know, sad, like all these things I've discussed. But one of those things I would be holding would also be like excitement to be like, I get to, I get to now pass into the final truth, which is the end of this thing of existing. Heavy. And maybe there's something on the other end. Maybe there's not. But like, this is the truth that has come for everything that has ever existed and subsequently died and like now i get this ultimate rite of passage it's it's deeply ingrained in to life itself and i just think like western society does such a shit job of addressing it but it's not something i don't think it's not something to be feared and that's not to say that like obviously i don't want to die young i want to live a full life but death itself is not it's just it's just a part of living yeah I feel that. I understand that part, you know. It's just a wild it's a wild thing to uh to I don't know, to even well, conceive. It's, it's just like cuz there's so, so much uh, it is the complete unknown, right? Like nobody knows. So deeply unknown. So like there's just you know, you may appear in some other realm on the other side and then it's like do you have any memories of the previous one because i think that's maybe one of the one of the fears or something like one of the insecurities of the thing is like oh i'm gonna if i end up in this this heaven or this other spot do i might just gonna have all these memories of these people that like aren't around me anymore right that'd be a bummer that would be a bummer but it would be kind of dope if you didn't have the memories in some way but you had the knowledge that you learned from those relationships mm-hmm. and those interactions. And yeah, you, you had still the me- like, you had the meta memory of like, I have lived a life or maybe even multiple lifetimes in various existences. And I have learned all of these amazing things from them, from the time that I was a mitochondria to the time that I was a fucking lizard to the, thousand times that I was a human like throughout history yeah you don't have the specifics of it but you have the meta memory of like wow I lived all these lifetimes I learned all these things and yeah maybe you don't I don't who knows but like I like to think that it is sort of like there's like two options it's like either there's lights out which at that case like what's there to be afraid of like yeah, it's just, not like you're going to just end up yeah. in a and box, again, in a black box forever. Yeah, again, it's sad. It's not to say it's not sad, but like, um, yeah, 
It's lights out. So like, whatever. And, but then there's also this like other notion of sort of like, yeah, some other like higher plane or existence, or I even like to think of it as sort of like, this is how I've thought about it for years now. But I think about like consciousness itself as the like thing that creates reality. And if you think of it as like this giant sphere, um, and then every life that is conscious is like a tiny little bubble on the outside of that sphere. So it's separated by a membrane. So we can't quite remember that we're connected and come from the one thing and filled with the same thing that the one thing has. Um, and we do our little dance on the outside of the membrane. And then when we, when we die, it's not that we, so it's two options, right? Maybe like we pop out and then we, the bubble pops and it's, all of that shit is released into some unknown and it's gone forever and it's lights out. But maybe, maybe like a lot of religions have taught, instead of popping out, we pop back in to the main sphere. And when you pop back into the main sphere, again, it's like, it's not that you wouldn't know that you had all those lifetimes, but you're also popping back into the one thing. So you would also have the memory of like, just like, all all the lifetimes like uh, not just your individual lifetimes it's just like you have the memory of all of existence because it's all one fucking thing one giant like bubble um and i really like that concept and it's uh it's something that like yeah i've enjoyed sort of intellectually playing with over the years but and i think that there's like a lot of religious elements to it um but I do think it's a cool thought experiment to think of like, what would it be like? And I think the only thing that can inform this, like would be my psychedelic experiences because I've had experiences where it's like, it's not that I feel like I'm other people or but like I've had, I've had experiences where I transcended myself and I did become, I, I merged with something greater than myself and had a perspective that was so insanely mind-blowing that to put it into words, it's literally impossible. But like that perspective is something that could inform the possibility of like that thought experiment of like maybe your consciousness just merges with the one consciousness and then you pop back out into another bubble or you decide to stay or whatever the fuck, who knows? We can't even, yeah, it's, it's, out, it's outside of the realm of language, but... Um. Anyways, you stepped outside of your little meat body, and the world fucking blew up before your eyes. Yep. Yeah. Strange. Strange when you go deep. That's where I. Uh, that's where the we're all just out here thing came from, though, man. Like just that that saying that we've talked about a lot on this podcast. That was just one of those those moments, man, where you just realize that everybody's just fucking put out here yeah everybody's just most people hopefully i know we you know spent a lot of this episode talking about the polarized america but i think most people are doing their best to be good people and aren't trying to necessarily sabotage your day even though it feels like that Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. everybody is probably trying their best and it's hard to be a fucking person and it's hard to present yourself to the world and there's a lot of fucking identity shit to deal with 
especially you know with this many people like it's sure. a fucking it's a tough thing to navigate but that was i don't know that was one of those takeaways from one of those deep mushroom trips of uh of having that realization and it definitely shaped it shaped the lens i feel like yeah for the better for sure i mean i think psychedelics are um essential to taking all of these sort of like commonplace somewhat cheesy sayings like we're all out here or like we're all one we're all or, just like, out here yeah it's we're all just we're all just we're just, all just out here <laughs> we're all just out here you're right the just is very it's important very important that statement <laughs> amen I'm blasted. No, but you're absolutely right. We're all just out. Like, no one chose it. So you need just as a qualifier. We're all just out here. We're all... um, Yeah, we're all one. Like, God is love. Everything is love. Like, all of these things are... are In our normal, sober, waking reality... Are, like, pretty trite sort of throwaways. (laughs) But on that psychedelic experience... And again, it's not that you're, like high on a drug and you just feel really good and so like that notion feels like lovey-dovey because that's how you feel it's like you are in a different realm and that notion of we're all just out here or like we're all connected becomes so deeply profound that it's yeah it's far beyond language and this is a shared experience like with almost anybody who has had an intense psychedelic trip like this is why the 60s movement was the way it was it's what spurred your fucking Ram Dosses and Terrence McKenna and like all of these amazing teachers Tim Leary yeah like and and there have been some that that didn't need it like that's the other thing that's cool about psychedelics is I feel like it's not like it's necessary like I think that those states can be achieved without them it's yeah. just that it's a fucking rocket ship that will take you straight there. And it's and, for the most and that's part, why yeah. people end up having bad trips is because it's going to like transport you to a whole new fucking perspective and a whole new realm. Yeah. And dude. it can be really jarring because transitions for humans are fucking hard. It's jarring as fuck. It's super jarring, especially to even come back from it. Yeah. It's you hard. really need some time to decompress when you go deep on that because you are living this different plane, but but I think that's what really sets it aside as like this unbelievable medicine is it's not that it's like something that just gets you high. Like it's not something that just fucks you up like alcohol. For like, sure. It gives you, it gives you something and it also asks something of you. And that is like surrender essentially. Cause if you can't surrender to the experience of the rocket ship, then you're going to have a bad time. Yeah, and even Most if you likely. even if you do surrender to it, you know there might be some some intense parts that aren't just giggles and smiles and yeah. you figuring out how to use your hands again. I think it's so funny how you know. I just think it's so funny how uh, indescribable the experience is. And you usually sound like a dickhead when you're doing it. Yeah, for sure. But like before I ever took mushrooms and like had like a serious mushroom experience, 
I really did just view it as like, it's like anything else. It's like fucking MDMA or cocaine or like, like it's just an altered state. And it's like, no, I mean, technically yes, but no, it's, it's altered consciousness. Like it's, it's your entire being becomes altered. You can, you can shed your entire ego. And even to say that sounds like a bunch of new age, like bullshit, but that again, that's a common experience that people have. And like, I don't think people understand how profound that can be unless you've had the experience to shed your ego and be like to lose yourself completely. Cause it's basically, that's the reason that I'm not afraid of death is because I've already done it. That's yeah. I've already done it on psychedelics. That's heavy, dude. And I think that like, that's why it's so amazing that this measure passed in Oregon because we're going to see how like the medicine can be applied, like at least to start. And, and I don't know how I feel about it being like a recreational thing. Like for me, I, I feel like it's a deeply spiritual medicine that should be respected, but I, I um, agree with that. Like, but who knows? I think in smaller doses, like it could be cool that's what for I was... like recreational purposes. But I just think that like, there's something really profound about like, if you have a need, like you're lost in your life, you're addicted to something, you're, a, you're coming up on death, you're struggling with like all these different things. Like Maybe I think you just a, need heroes, a fucking reset. Yeah. Dude. A hero's dose is a fucking reset. It's like a reset on who you are, especially which is as, insane. Yeah, especially as maybe even I don't I don't know that I at what age I really endorse this to happen though. Of you having this, you know, this hero's journey, this four to five gram dose of dry mushrooms or whatever in the woods or out in the desert. I don't I don't know. Uh, I feel like. I'm glad that I waited until I was like late twenties, 30 even to, I think 30 was the first time that I did a high dose of psychedelics and like, yeah, I just think it's, it can be, it can be helpful for just, uh, maybe setting you down a different road if you're having a rough time or just can help put things into perspective. Like, I don't think you can even even talking about what you know you being kind of detached from your your ego in that those moments mm-hmm. and completely having that shattered i feel like you can't even explain what that feels like cuz i think it's probably different for each person too to even experience the aspects of that and how they're maybe even shown that that situation but yeah, man, being out in the desert and realizing that that the world just like keeps on working without you, like everything's mm-hmm. gonna fu- everything still functions. Yeah, it's fine. Like everything's gonna go on. It doesn't. I think that's where like yeah, maybe I do have some comfort around the death thing. Like that was one of the things sure. I saw maybe in one of those intense trips. But I think also like the perspective thing is so huge. Like it teaches you so much about the perspective and yeah. How varied your perspective can even be for sure. And I think that's part of learning about the oneness 
I think tapping into the oneness is gaining as much perspective as you can, you know, so mm-hmm. that you do feel yes, you can be with a, a, other um, people when something happens to them, even if you don't necessarily mm-hmm. identify with that or whatever the fuck, dude. Like, like the more knowledge you have of people's personal experiences, like yeah. I think that's a pretty strong currency when it comes to right. looking at the world. Yeah, for sure. And I think that um, for a long time, I thought that like becoming, you know, some form of like spiritually enlightened or, um, you know, grounded in a way where I'm just like happy all the time because that's sort of like the American dream is like just be fucking happy all the time. I think it overlooks what enlightenment is really all about. And when you talk about the oneness, like enlightenment is about integrating all of it. So that means that you are simultaneously holding like happiness as well as sadness and despair and sorrow. And like you just you're at a perspective where you can hold all of those things together and at the very top maintain some level of like peace or contentment in yeah. knowing that things just are what they are. Um, and what you can control is what you can control and everything else is what it is. And, but it's, yeah, it's not about become, it's not about numbing yourself to all of the bad things. It's like, no, it's about integrating them and being able to comfortably hold them. Yeah. If from, from a peaceful perspective and like that, once you can do that, like, now you're on a whole nother fucking level for sure not letting one of those emotions being all consuming for sure know, and for, for like, a long period of time at least you know it's a daily struggle for me like There's it's great to things feel that can like set me off for sure and and it's i mean it's obviously great to feel an insane amount of joy but that Absolutely. can be that can be as rough as coming down from anything if that becomes all consuming and all you feel you know, for a long period of time, that's a, that's a rough wall to hit. Like when it goes away for sure. So, and that's like part of the holding too, is the impermanence of everything. That's like the ultimate one. Cause that's, what's going to get you okay with death. I know it's like very Buddhist, but, um, you know, Jesus talks about it too. It's, it's super important to understand that like, yeah, these stupid cliches of nothing lasts forever, <laughs> right? It's so cliche, but when you when you hold it from a higher perspective, and psychedelics are something that are going to help you get there, like when you can hold that from a higher perspective, it becomes so deeply fucking profound that like it changes every cell in your body. I mean, it just changes your entire being to realize like how impermanent everything is. Um, and to reconcile with that, it's hard to grapple with, especially, you know, you start losing folks around you and shit. I think that that can make it interesting or make it more comforting, but that becomes a part of it, right? You know, as you get older, like you start to experience more, you lose a dog as a kid, you lose, you know, a grandma, a grandpa, an aunt, an uncle, God forbid you lose a parent, a sibling, like 
almost everybody by the time they're 30 is holding some sort of loss that the loss itself is permanent. Like you're just going to live the rest of your life being like, I miss my grandma. Yeah, man. She was a good person and I miss her and I wish she was still alive, but she's not. But that like you, you holding those impermanences like helps you also enrich your own life and knowing that like, I'm also, I'm going to the same place. Yeah. I'm also impermanent. And hopefully informs your, uh, your ideas on relationships too. And not taking them for granted with the the people that you actually give a shit about, you know, just realizing the impermanence of that. And, uh, yeah, I think it's nice to have some idea of this heaven though, you know, where all these, these spirits are roaming and, you know, hopefully, you know, maybe you get to reunite with some of these, these souls out there or whatever is a pretty, uh, it's a pretty wild idea. I think it's pretty dope though. I'm with it. I remember, yeah, when, when, uh, my buddy Braden died a couple of years ago, some of the, uh, the relief and peace I found in that was just like, yo, at least when I get, whenever I get to the other side, you know, at least I'm going to know somebody like somebody's already there, you know, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just don't know too many people that close to me that have, uh, passed on that have passed on. It's like him sure. and then maybe my grandma and an aunt. So it's like, sure. The pool. I'm, I'm fortunate that the pool is pretty, pretty low. Um, but I don't know, man. Well, can I share shit. with you one of my favorite stone thoughts that I had in 2020? Uh, yes. Please continue on with, with the stone thoughts. I also want to say that, yes, marijuana can also be a psychedelic or give you that feeling, especially when you've taken 31 days off. And now every every time it's just, yeah, it's Spaceland. Um, mm-hmm. That first time was crazy. Yeah, dude. the perspective the first, shift is is insane. I would, yeah, that. I was, I was in another room. But yeah, I was sitting on the couch and I was just observing. But your room was empty. <laughs> yeah, my room was empty. My room was empty. But uh, All right, so my favorite stone thought was, um, you know how uh, people who talk about smoking DMT and I, I've never done DMT or ayahuasca, but. Uh, DMT in particular, they talk about like they sort of pop into another realm and there are like beings there and oftentimes they sort of welcome them and like show them around and like urge them to like not be afraid and try to comfort them. And um, that's like a really common like, I don't know the statistics on it, but it's the it's the majority for sure of DMT experiences like include some kind of like being on on another realm right um and so i just had this thought of like i was thinking about dimensions and i was like what if like by smoking dmt you're just allowing your consciousness to pop into like the fourth dimension or maybe even the 10th dimension who knows like but another higher dimension that you're not really supposed to be in it would be like the equivalent if like you and I are sitting here and all of a sudden like a 2D being just like pops up out of the floor and is kind of looking at us and we're like, oh, hey, buddy. Yeah. Like, but what if like we lived in a reality where 2D beings 
were just popping up out of the floor all the time. And like, we knew it was this thing of like, well, they have some kind of technology in the 2d world that allows oh. some of them to pop up. So when they do pop up, just like try to be chill, try to be nice to them. You know, they mean no harm. They can't harm you. They literally can't harm you. They're fucking 2D. They're stuck on a line. Like you can just move aside and like there's nothing they can do. Uh, and so then, yeah, 2D being pops up and we're like, oh, hey, like, welcome. <laughs> like, good to see you. Like, you're doing great. Whatever. Where can and we it's point like, you to? What if, what if smoking dmt is just like a much more advanced version of that where we're like popping into like the fourth dimension or the seventh dimension or whatever and like those beings know that it's like oh fuck here it is like one of these third third dimensional beings somehow figured out a way to pop in here with some kind of crazy technology that they have like we have another one yeah and they just sort of surround them and they're like hey like it's all good. Dude. This must be crazy for you to be here because you can't even comprehend the dimensions that we have here. Uh, but welcome. And like, you know, they probably have like this immense capacity for love and what, but probably the scary shit too. Like, I don't know. I just think that that, that was like my favorite high thought of like, what if people smoking DMT are just actually popping into another dimension and they keep encountering these beings where like in that world, it's just known that the third dimensional beings like have somehow figured out a way to pop in occasionally. <laughs> and when they do, you should just try to be nice to them. Yeah. Fuck, man. I think that is, uh, I think you're speaking to like the gift of people who work with people that are experiencing like serious mental breaks for one reason or another, mm -hmm. the, like the patience and understanding those people that are caring for them often have is incredibly fucking next level. Like that mm -hmm. is what their day, like that's what their day is. A yeah, lot of the someone time, who's right? is living like, in a different dimension and you're trying to like care for them in the most compassionate way. And yeah, and like somehow you want to be them. nice as much as you can. Mm -hmm. Like that's the goal, I'm sure, is for them to be nice to them and handle them with fucking love, hopefully. But it's like some some have to be shown much more like a strength and restraint to keep them like in a safe spot, I guess, when they pop into these other dimensions or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That shit is fucking wild, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyways, it's un unspeakable strength. Unspeakable that strength those, that those folks have. It's it's uh. Amen. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I have nothing but immense ad admiration for uh for any type of person, whether you're a healthcare worker or like, yeah, dealing with people with mental illness or a therapist or like, I mean, there have been times in my life where I've been like. I feel like I'd be a good therapist. And then I like really sit and think about like, can you sit and like hold all of those people's problems and not let it take you down? And I've been like, I don't know that I can. I'm not sure that I can. And then it's like, okay, so I really probably shouldn't be a therapist then. Also, like, can you sit there and not 
just say the things that you immediately want to say and right. to like just be like yeah, well why so, don't you just fucking do this right. then your like, problem is your fucking mom <laughs> yeah it's just like yeah. that's not your your job as a, a therapist to you no, know it's not. point out issues it's to like walk through it with somebody and hopefully you know for sure help them do that yeah, in a i don't think way. i have the constitution or the don't. patience i just for think it. for myself i think that's probably just like even a whole ego trip on its own yeah is yeah. like that has to be something you have to you have to learn how to do yeah you probably have to un that that's probably a process where you're doing some unlearning when you're trying to be a therapist right you need to be Oh, you need to be able to step back into like, okay, what's the perspective of someone who like doesn't know the path that I'm trying to lead them on? Like, how do we start from the beginning and like start walking on the path? Because I know the end game and what you're talking about in terms of just like shouting at them being like, just figure out your fucking relationship (laughs) with your mom. It's like, no, like you got to like start at the very begin at the root of it and then start walking down the path you can't just shout at them the like end that you see for sure because for them like there's no connection there also like their issue their mom issue or their grief um situation just like anything else it's going to be their own experience Mm -hmm. you know their their path is you know might be similar to somebody else's but it's not it's not the same shit. Right. And like different things have been affected because of those same issues yeah. in their lives. So it's like, fuck, it's a mind fuck. The world is a mind fuck. It is a, it's a, it's an interesting place, but, uh, there's some cool shit going on too. Cool things happen here. There are cool things happening. Cool things happen in this experience as you well. Know, I've, so. I've really noticed just in the last couple days since the like weight of the election is sort of like starting to subdue a little bit, just walking around my neighborhood yesterday and sort of interacting with strangers and neighbors that I actually know. Um, I just feel like not only myself, but everyone else just feels this, a new call to kindness. Um, like even just stopping my car for someone who's like on the corner of, you know, a street somewhere where like, there's not a crosswalk. It's the middle of the street. There's no stop sign or anything like, and they're just waiting for someone to stop so that they can cross. And I stop for them. And I always stop like really far back to let them know that like, we're good. But the amount of gratitude the last couple of days that I've been receiving from like little acts like that has been really intense. Like, it's been a lot of people, like, really making eye contact and, like, letting me know, like, thank you for being, like, a kind, considerate person, which I think is just, like, the normal baseline at this point. Like, if you see someone who needs to cross the street and you have the ability to stop, then you fucking stop your car. If you don't, then you don't. But, like, if you do, then you're just like, oh, you're trying to cross. Like, I'll just stop my car. I'm not in a fucking rush. I'm usually, like, around the corner from my house. Unless you're trying to cross like that. in an area that is unsafe, I don't appreciate you very much. Right. If you're uh, trying to cross on in the middle of like MLK or something, it's sort of like, this is not a cross zone. <laughs> Find a crosswalk. That's a cross zone. <laughs> Little side streets and stuff, though, it's just like, that's what I'm talking about. And I feel I, you. And yeah, I don't know. I just, 
it, it's been that it's been like yesterday you know i was walking around my neighborhood it's sort of peak fall in portland and there was this really great tree and the wind was blowing and so like lots of leaves were falling down so i was just like standing underneath trying to catch them because it was fun um and some dude <laughs> walked by with his dogs and he was just like what are you doing? And yeah, I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, I'm on mushrooms. <laughs> no, I was like, I was like, I don't know. Like this brings me, this brings me joy. This, this makes me feel like a little kid when I, when I stand and try to catch the leaves <laughs> and I can't catch most of them. I'm probably only going to get one or two, but like, I'm just having a, I'm just having a nice joyous mm-hmm. moment. And he like stood there with his two adorable dogs and he was just like, cool, man. Like, I'm going to try to find that moment for me today, whatever it is for me. And I was like, I hope you do. I really do. Uh, Why are you going to laugh at me like I'm a fucking crazy person? I'm not. I'm not. I don't think you're a crazy person. I think that's. Listen, that's a fun game to play. Try to catch the falling leaves off of a tree. You ever tried? It's hard as fuck. I just wish we had more than 25 listeners um, so that we had a dedicated fan that wanted to like animate moments of the podcast. I just think that that would be a funny little moment of of just Andrew out there catching, catching leaves, you know, (laughs) it's like, what are you out here doing? I'm, I'm catching leaves. What are you doing? God has, uh, put these beautiful, uh, plants into the air. These leaves, this this nature is floating through the air, yeah. and I'm I'm gonna be and I'm just out here, I'm so I'm here. gonna try to fucking turn it into a game and get some joy from it. I'm gonna be here to catch it. Somebody's gotta be out here to catch it. Gotta I'm, catch it. I'm gonna gotta catch them all. I wish you hadn't said that. Me too. Okay. I don't even like. I don't even really like Pokemon. It's not no. like uh, no one does really. Anymore. I don't know. I. Maybe anymore. I feel like it, it seemed like I it was loved quite, it as a kid. It like I was quite obsessed hit, with it. Actually, it seemed like I was quite obsessed with it as a kid. But um, well, goddamn it! Do you want to just wrap this axe up? There's not a whole lot that even I mean, happened. I feel like we can sum we, it up. How pretty, deep are we right now? It's we're an hour and twenty minutes in. We can just we can either go for it or we can we can hold off. I'm I'm good with either. We can you know. Oh man, that's a tough call. Hour twenty. Yeah. I don't know, man. I feel like we should maybe just call it. <laughs> That's fine. And I'm then, good with that. We can, we can, yeah. I mean, at this point, like, we can talk about acts another people, time. If anyone has made it this far, <laughs> yeah, this was I quick. don't know why. You our, didn't come here to listen yeah, to us talk our, about politics and fucking whatever. Our but. intention was to wrap up our our chat on acts that we've been probably having over the last few months at this point mm-hmm. because we've had so many, we've had a decent amount of guests recently yeah so we've definitely been sidetracked from the axe chat but that was the intention with this episode and i'm not mad about it no this is not it's the second time this has happened where you (laughs) and i have got together and we just just, get a little stoned and we just start talking about things we were talking about things but i started talking about death and yeah i think we should leave it at that I don't think that people want to hear us. I actually don't even think that I have it in me at this point to talk about X in a meaningful way. Should we close? We out talked with about else? it a little bit. We talked. To, I did read one. You did read the part. I did do a Quentin Tarantino. I read the end of X. Yeah, and I think that that's uh, that's definitely a moment that we will focus on when we do have the wrap up chat of X. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, definitely a big moment there. 
of just him letting people know like hey the gentiles are ready to hear this information and if you're not cool but there are yeah, other people very, outside in your ways there are other people outside of this group that are also tapping in to something that they think is mm -hmm. super beautiful mm -hmm. and uh and there's plenty of them so it's an interesting it's an interesting spot that that paul has paul comes sure. to in that that final wrap-up of acts and and him his road to rome yeah is uh well i see you with the good word coming. in front of you are you what do you have no, for I, us? I mean i i have nothing Oh, I, I thought you like had something uh, no, cute up. I thought I did. I, I've just kind of like started. You know what? As flipping, a as a through as a little preamble, I do think it would be worth reading some of the only you know like red line spots in this section, which is basically this is Jesus confronting Paul. But I found this to be like really. I feel like this is a good spot to end on. So Jesus says, uh. You know, he blinds Paul on the road and Paul's like, oh, my God, who are you? And Jesus is like, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Now get up and stand on your feet. I've appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen of me and what I will show you. I will rescue you from your own people, from the Gentiles. I'm sending you to them to open their eyes and, and turn them from darkness to light and from power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. And I feel like, to me, what I take away from that, from like a more like mystical standpoint, is just like, it's God speaking to someone much like we are today and being like, there are all these people who are not looking at the thing. They're not even turned towards it. And so it's Jesus saying to Paul, like, I'm going to help you help everyone else look towards what actually matters. Like, what is sanctified? Like, what is righteous? What is godly? Like, these are the things that I'm going to help you help everyone else start turning towards. Because we need that. We need that. We need people to want to be rooted in like pure righteousness, not like this weird fucked up version that we have in 2020 of like, you know, social media feeds that are like fed by algorithms that tell you what you want to see and uh, super polarizing like articles and like whatever we're in fear of one another yeah a lot of people are at least you know? yeah and it's like instead of just being so consumed by that like turn your consciousness and your reality towards like the ultimate thing which is that there is like a true goodness out there that i think everybody can agree upon and i think could even be god itself and just that notion, like, how do we, how do we help people turn towards, like, something actually true and good and, yeah, something that serves, like, humanity. For sure. Focus on your shit, too. That's a big part of that, 
just it's focus focus on your focus on your shit you it's know where it starts because that'll be i think that's infectious hopefully within the people you come into contact with and uh i don't know man is we've had some some pretty uh a pretty wide range of guests 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 at this point um like sam last week was really great and obviously dude that is incredibly intelligent and kind and shit but uh there's this line that sticks with me that i that that i will quote for the the end of this episode and um that is from my mother and she said just lay the fuck off lay the fuck off each other yeah lay the fuck off you know sometimes you just gotta lay the fuck off people I think there's a deep truth behind that. And you, uh, yeah, you don't need to have your voice heard sometimes, not in a, in a, an oppressive way, but like, you don't need to just like, why would you just be blatantly like racist to somebody, you know? Right. Yeah. Just lay the fuck off each other. Just lay the fuck off. I'm with it. I don't know. I'm with it. I think it's great. Be kind um, and stay safe. And uh, the world is wild. And hopefully this was a, a fun stoned adventure that you experienced for an hour and a half. If you've made it this this deep, this is what happened. And this is where we're at. And maybe we have a president that has been determined by, by actual votes. Maybe we don't yet. I don't know. God, by the time this gets released, I hope we do. But if we don't, fuck. It's gonna. We'll see. We'll update you next next week on Bible Buds News. That's right. That's <laughs> what. I, that's what you're all coming here for. <laughs> is our hot take. Uh, put all the links in the episode notes. If uh, you know, maybe somebody wants to send you an email. Send us an email. I think we've made it about 37 episodes or so now without getting an email except for one from my mom and it was uh, just kind of came in too late and it didn't matter at that point we were too far past that first episode Mm -hmm. so we pretty much have no emails that have come in and I don't know if we're supposed to be reading into this as a sign for ourselves but we're going to give it three years (laughs) we'll give it three years and then if we don't get an email then we'll we'll call it we're going to do at least another 36 episodes (laughs) and uh yeah you just go out there and you you smoke pray love and try to try to be kind to each other and kind uh, to yourself too be kind to yourself and yeah uh, don't forget to bless up yeah